0: I get cracking on what it is that I have to say. I just wanted to give a quick notice. I thought it would be easy to do it this way instead of asking to do a notice. I'm up here on stage anyway. Uh, but I've been doing a bit of stuff with the men's work recently. just wanted to plug it recently. We've had a, a good night on Thursday night. We had about 10 of us go down and play some snooker over at Barrett's and just trying to do some stuff where the guys just get together in church and build some relationships. Just wanted to make you aware of a couple of things. Um, there is a slightly smaller version of a notice of a little fly like this up on the um, table up there. So guys or ladies, if there's someone that you know that you think would be really good to take, take one of these flyers. It just tells you two or three things that are coming up. And if we could just pop the um, little clip of a Facebook page that we've got going on. We've got a men's breakfast happening in a couple of weeks' time, February the 28th, up in the lounge upstairs. So if you fancy Saturday morning, come along. Um, it's just... Literally, that is just a breakfast where we get together. We'll have a bit of food, have a bit of a chat, um, nothing more than that. Um, and then we've got a couple more things coming up, as well as a, a good weekend away in June. I think it is where again there's ten of us going. So I'm just trying to do some stuff where guys get together and enjoy spending some time together. So excellent. That is that. Oh, that's the other thing. There is a little sign-up sheet. There's a there's a Facebook page if you're on Facebook, so you can the details are on there. You can have a look at that. But we've also done a a decent old-school paper copy. So you might have noticed, as you come in the main entrance, there is a, a, a few photographs explaining what's been going on in the men's stuff. And if you're thinking of coming and you want to use a pencil and a piece of paper to com- commit, then um, write your name on one of these, um, and that's another way you could do it. Thank you very much. Okay, right, I'll get on to what it is that I'm going to be speaking about this morning. Um, and just to begin, I'd like to play a little game. Okay. I have my little clipper. So, the game does not involve breakfast. Am I going the wrong way with my... Let's go the other way. I'm going left. No, that's not doing that. No, that's words. We're not going to sing a song. It's coming. It's coming. Here we go. Here we go. There's a game. Which of the following three statements is a lie. Okay, I've got three statements for you, and I'll read them all first, and then I'm going to see if you can guess which one is a lie. Okay? No, I'm just going to leave it. (laughs) There's lots of slides, though, so I'll just have to give you a little nod or something. Okay, statement number one. I once put a garden fork through my friend's foot. Number two. I used to sell alcoholic drinks to my friends at school. Number three, I once got in trouble with the police for making a prank call to a teacher. Okay, go back. I'm now going to ask you to show your answer by standing, okay? I hope you don't mind. So if when I say statement number one, if you think number one is the lie, then stand for number one. If you think number two is the lie, stand for number two. If you think number three is a lie, stand for number three. Statement number one, then... I once put a garden fork through my friend's foot. If you think that's a lie, stand up. Okay, sit down. You can see me in the garden. Number two. I used to sell alcoholic drinks to my friends at school. If you think that's the lie, stand up. <laughs> okay, sit down. Number three. I once got in trouble with the police for making a prank call to a teacher. Stand up if you think that's a lie. Okay, sit yourselves down. Not sure what to make of those responses, actually. What sort of a person you think I am? Well, I'll put you out your misery and confirm with you that the lie is, in fact, statement number three. Which doesn't say much about one and two, does it? I did, actually. I used to make... Mum and Dad had little... They never found out, Marcus. That's why, I think. Little drinks cabinet, when I was young, when I was younger. i make a little cocktail, sell it in. Oh, that was quite nice. Used to get 50 p a bottle. It didn't last very long. I think we ran out of alcohol. Anyway, that's irrelevant. This morning's point, the point of this. This morning, I'm talking about um, lies, effectively. And I thought that would be a good introduction to talk about lies. About how we need to recognise lie and how the devil lies to us and the things of the world points um, things in our direction which, which are not true and how we need to weigh those things up and try and find out the truth, what the scripture says. And so I thought, I know, I need to try and give this title some sort of real depth of meaning, uh, some biblical, theological, impressive title. So I've called it. Next slide, please. Oh, plus the build-up. It is coming. It should be the next slide on there. <laughs> it's lost its impact now, hasn't it? It's not really that. Oh, I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to have to tell you, aren't I? Have a little play. Shall I press this? Don't touch it. It's frozen. Okay, I'll just put you out your misery. I've called it Liar, Liar, Pants on Fire. Okay, I thought, I like that title. Um, and it's, it's effectively about how the devil um, lies to us. Okay, and as I said, we need to be recognizing the truth and recognizing what is a lie. I've touched before when I was speaking about how I've used the Freedom in Christ course um, in my life group. And it's just got some really, really good stuff in there. And so some of this stuff is about that, about recognizing all those things. And that manual, right at the beginning, I think it's got some really fundamental stuff there. And it talks about, there we go. It talks about how, right at the beginning, when Adam and Eve were created, they had significance, they had security, and they had acceptance. So, next slide. It shows that Adam had significance in his relationship with God. He had a purpose. God gave Adam a purpose. He didn't need to go searching for that purpose. It was their perfect um, relationship with God. He had significance, he also had security. Okay? He was totally safe and secure in God's presence. He didn't have a need. Okay? He didn't need to sort of go and find that security from other places. He also had acceptance. Okay? He was in an intimate relationship with God, but him, Adam and Eve as well had a sense of belonging. He was accepted. He didn't need to go trying to search for acceptance. And that was how God created men and women to be. Um, when sin came into the world, obviously there was the separation in that relationship with God. And so as a result of that, everyone born from then were all seeking significance, security and acceptance through various means, through life, through jobs, through people, through relationships, all of those things. But as Christians, we know that the only way to truly get the security, the significance, the acceptance is through a relationship with God, the okay? relationship with Jesus. So that's sort of the the basis of all of this, that people are, we are all seeking those things, but there's, um, people look for them in the wrong places. Okay, I also want to just touch on, if we keep going, how the devil has a role in all of this, of course. So if we just keep going, keep going. The devil, there we go. Not a very good person is the devil. It says here, he has always been a murderer and a liar. There is nothing truthful about him. He speaks on his own and everything he says is a lie. Not only is he a liar himself, but he is also the father of lies. So it's just, I don't want to spend much time talking about him, but it's important that we recognize that he has a role to play here. He's a father of lies and he will try every trick in the book, everything possible to make sure that we don't have that restored relationship with God. He will prevent everyone, as much as he can, to stop us from being intimate with God. And he will, as I say, use every trick in the book. Now, it's important that we recognize that we are in a battle. I think um, Phil touched on this last week when he popped up, actually, and and was talking about that. We're in a battle. Um, And it says, I think it's in Ephesians 6, 10 to 18... Finally, let the mighty strength of the Lord make you strong. Put on all the armor that God gives you so that you can defend yourselves against the devil's tricks. We are not fighting against humans. We are fighting against forces and authorities and against rulers of darkness and powers in the spiritual world. So put on all all that the armor God gives, that when that evil day comes, you will be able to defend yourself. And when the battle is over, you will be standing firm. Be ready. Let the truth be like a belt around your waist and let God's justice protect you like armor. Your desire to tell the good news about peace should be like shoes on your feet. Let your faith be like a shield, and you'll be able to stop all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Let God's saving power be like a helmet, and for a sword, use God's message that comes from the Spirit. Okay, so it's just recognizing. The devil has a, a role in all of this. He is out there trying to stop us from having a relationship with God. And all we need to do is we need to recognize actually, that we are in a battle. We are in, uh, in a world where the world tries to deceive us, the world tries to throw things in our way and put us off. And we just need to be aware of that, really. And we, as Christians, need to protect ourselves and make sure we're putting on our armor. We need to make sure we're doing the things that we should be doing in prayer, in using the scripture. Um, and then, actually, there's not a lot to worry about because, really, the devil has nothing uh, that could hurt us. Because the good news is that Jesus Jesus came along and he, as the Son of God, came to destroy all that the devil was trying to do. Okay? So through the cross, Jesus defeated um, all powers and forces. He let the whole world see them being led away as prisoners when he celebrated his victory. And it's as simple as that, really. Jesus dying on the cross, won the victory. Everything that the devil tries, actually as Christians, can't touch us. If we allow the devil to do his work, if we allow all that stuff to take place, then, of course, there can be hurt, there can be damage. And, and that is life, isn't it? I'm not implying at all this morning that life is therefore easy and we're free from any harm or anything like that. But we've got the victory. We've won. We've, we've, we've got Jesus in within us. Therefore, we are in a place where we do not need to worry. And we do not need to be fearful over those things. Okay, Jesus said that he is the bread of life. He also said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The truth, I am, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So just getting to know Jesus, having Jesus in your life is having the truth inside you. Jesus is the truth. He is what we need on a daily basis. And it's pointing to the scripture as well, the arm of God, about the sword. In a battle, battle, we need the scripture. And and really, the emphasis this morning is about the, the scriptures, about God's word and how the devil has this role to play but actually all we need to do is have Jesus within us feed on that daily making sure that the word is within us um, and that is all that we need to to make sure we're in a victorious place. Jesus was tempted himself. Jesus had this little to do with um, the devil when he was led into the wilderness and as we know Jesus' response every single time was with scripture. the devil was saying to Jesus, you know, you do this and you can have all of this. You do this and you can have all of this. And every, all three times Jesus responded by saying, the scripture says, the scripture says, the scripture says. So every time there was a, an attack on him, any, any, every time the devil tried to do something, tried to plant a thought in Jesus' mind, he just came back with scripture. He just came back with the word. And again, that's just a model for us, isn't it? That we need to know our word, we need to know the Bible, we need to have it ready to be able to come back at the devil if, if that stuff comes our way. Um, okay, if you were here at the meeting, the, we had a, a meeting a couple of weeks ago where Brian shared about the vision of the church and the, the changing nature in the in the coming weeks, months, and years. And if you weren't here, this doesn't fully make sense, but actually it, it will do. And if you weren't here, you need to find out what that meeting was about. Um, but he touched on the Smith-Wigglesworth prophecy. Um, and how that fits into the vision of the church. Um, And as as Prime was reading that, I knew I'd be speaking this morning, and I thought, well, actually, there's there's actually part of what you're saying. It just fits in really, really nicely. And one of the things Smith Wigglesworth was talking about, he's given a prophecy about um, the greatest revival that 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 will ever come. And he said, it's when the Word and the Spirit come together. There will be the biggest movement of the Holy Spirit that the nation, and indeed the world, has ever seen. And just as Brian was reading that out, I thought, yeah, that fits in really nicely. It's not a direct, obviously, what I'm teaching on, but actually it just seems to fit really, really well. It's about the Spirit and the Word coming together. And obviously, we've always emphasised... I remember the little banner that we used to have on the um, Spirit-led Bible based something like that, wasn't it? And It's always been that case in this church about the Spirit and the Word. And I was preparing for this. And obviously, I've been diving into Scripture for all of this. I've been trying to read the Word and prepare for it. And I've been also... Um, praying for the Spirit to guide me as well, and it's just simple, isn't it? It's just those two things—the Spirit and the Word—coming together, and that is where God will move. Um, so I just thought that was relevant to put in there, really. But ultimately, all of what I've said so far—that was just like the the basic that is the foundation for what's been on my heart over the last couple of months, I suppose. So the plan, really, the the main bit that I felt I wanted to try and get across this morning was the fact that. Everyone here, whether there's Christians or not Christians, people outside these walls who are Christians or not Christians, we we will get thoughts put our way from the devil. It says in John 13, verse 2, it gives that example, even before the evening meal started, the devil had made Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, decide to betray Jesus. The devil's planting thoughts and trying to get people to do things okay, and everyone here will have thoughts that aren't of God, that's a part of the human nature, I think, and all we need to be doing is recognizing that is not a thought from God, taking our thoughts captive, isn't it, that's the, the scripture, when the devil plants thoughts into your mind, all you need to do is speak the truth into your life, which is what have just been touching on, just finding the scripture that counteracts that thought, okay, and all of this morning, as I was just touching on, is just... Trying to be real life stuff. We all have the thoughts of oh, I'm not worth, I'm not good enough, I'm not this, I'm not that. Uh, and I just thought, well, I'll just go, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through and just give a few examples of the sorts of things that people do feel, the sorts of people think, the sorts of things that people do think, and then some scriptures that actually are speaking truth into that situation. And I'm sh- sure that there'll be some people sat here that actually there will be exactly what is going on in your life at the moment. And there'll be some people here where none of the examples that I give are actually relevant, but there'll be other examples. Um, So, go away and find them out for yourself after this. So, I think the first one is next. It may be that you sit there and think, well, I'm fearful over certain situations. I'm fearful about things. Well, the scriptures say, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. There is no need to fear. Of course, there's rational fears. There's a be a bit fearful if I climbed to the top of a tower and felt like I was going to fall off. But we shouldn't be fearful of things that we can actually um, overcome with God. Okay, it may be that you say to yourself, I struggle in my Christian walk. I keep mucking up. I keep um, struggling with things that I should or shouldn't be doing. Well, the Bible says, he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. Okay, so it's just... If you're in that place where you're thinking, I'm struggling, I am just find it too much, I find it hard. Well, it's just that scripture, isn't it? It's just truth. Actually, I've got Jesus in me. Jesus has won the victory. What on earth am I worrying about? I just need to recognize that. Again, I'm not implying that life suddenly becomes easy and therefore we will never struggle. But it's about our mind, isn't it? It's about making sure that we recognize and remind ourselves of who we have inside of us and therefore um, the victory is ours. Okay, another one. You might just be a worrier. You might be someone that worries about situations, perhaps unnecessarily so, perhaps necessarily in your eyes, but the scripture, again, turn all your worries over to him. If you're feeling like you're worried about certain things, actually, give them to God. Give them to God. Okay, turn your worries over to him. Okay, you might feel trapped. You might feel like you're in a situation, whether it's, I don't know, habitual sin, whether it's a situation in natural life that you think, actually, I can't, can't get out of this. Well, again, Scripture says Jesus Christ has set us free. We do not need to be bound. Okay, I'm sure. I think this is one of the the main ones when I was thinking of these different examples. And again, lots of these are in that Freedom in Christ manual. So um, that's a place to find out lots of great examples. Apart from the Bible, of course, there's some good ones there. Um, but Jesus has set us free. We're, people are so often bound and trapped because they feel. Worthless. They feel like I muck up, I keep mucking up, I'm mucked up again. How can God use me? How can God allow me to be in the worship group? How can God allow me to pray a prayer? How can God allow me to come and minister to people, to come and speak, to come and do that? I'm not not able because I'm I'm mucked up. That's, That's you feeling trapped, that's you feeling bound. And actually, Jesus has set us free. We're free from that. We don't need to be bound by that. And actually, every time we feel that way, it's just, again, reminding us of who we have, who Christ is, what he has done for us, that we are free to live our lives in a way that is is not that. And what an example that leads to other, other people as well. Okay, another one. I feel condemned, feel judged. Okay, that's probably a similar sort of thing. But there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condem- condemnation. Actually, I think that example I've just given is is really for this one as well. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Of course, doesn't God doesn't like it when we um, do stuff wrong. But actually, Jesus is there on our behalf, isn't He? Praying and just requesting to God, and we are free from that. We are not judged. We are not condemned. Amen. Okay, another one. Perhaps you're feeling lonely. Perhaps you think, well, actually, no one cares. People don't say this to me. People don't do this. People don't treat me well. But the Bible says, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So you have that companion. You have that. Um, relationship with Christ that should, deep down inside of you, give you that sense of acceptance. That's what we touched on right at the beginning. People seek acceptance by doing things, by um, impressing people with their humour, with their job, with their whatever. And actually they want acceptance, perhaps because they feel like, without that, they're, they're not anyone. Well, actually, Jesus is speaking there. I'm with you always, to the very end of eight end of the age Okay, perhaps you're saying that you can't keep going you're feeling tired you're feeling like you can't do it Okay, go to him and he will give you rest Okay, every emotion every feeling that I've given as an example they're all examples of a bit of self pity aren't they a bit of looking inward and thinking I can't, I can't, I can't I feel like this, I can't do that and actually the scriptures just point so clearly that actually there is life in all of this there is life I think that might even be the next one I'll put. It's sort of they are just a few examples, really. a few examples of how um, you might be struggling with certain things, you might have things on your mind, but actually there is scripture that will free you from all of that. And simply put, do not allow your feelings to dictate your behavior. Okay? If, you, if you focus on how you're feeling at the time. Our emotions are real. We touched on this on Wednesday in my life group. Emotions are there for a purpose, and we need them. We need our emotions to recognize how we're living. But actually, if you dwell on your feelings, if you dwell on your um, emotions that are negative, that's going to dictate your behavior. And what we need to do is we need to teach ourselves. We need to dictate our behavior by the truth, the truth being the word. So we need to look at the scripture that is... The, the truth into our lives, and we say, that is what I'm choosing to believe. I might not feel that it's true. Some of those examples that I've just put up there for Scripture, you might not feel like they are true. It doesn't feel like God is with you to the end of the age. It might not feel like you are free. But actually, that's the truth. That's what the Bible says. That is truth. So you've got to not go by your feelings, but you've got to go by what the Scripture says, and your behavior will follow. Okay. If you do it enough, if you say, actually, that is the truth, that is the truth, that is the truth, I'm going to believe what the Bible says about that, then actually your emotions and your feelings will come in line with that. Anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is forgotten and everything is new. We are new creations, aren't we? That's, I always remember sort of preaching when it, on a baptism. Well, I've done a few baptisms and looking about, oh, what can I preach on bat- baptisms? And there's a really good, I think it's that little green book, that uh, first steps book, isn't it? And it, in there it gives a really simple, good analogy of, before you become a Christian, you're your old self, Um, and the baptism is a symbolism of your becoming a Christian by going into the water, you're going into the grave, and then you're coming out a new creation. It just gave a little line, I think I remember, talking about actually every time your old self just tries to pop up, just push it back down again. And that is it. It, It's your old self, isn't it? Your old way of thinking, your old way of living. Every time the devil is trying to chuck stuff your way and that old self is popping back up, you just need to try and recall that day you became a Christian, you just need to try and recall what Jesus has done stick it back down in the grave and carry on living in the truth, which is very easy to say like that, isn't it? But that is simply what it is um, and I think life, the last one really is just living life in all its fullness, okay and that is really what it's all about, isn't it? I think there's a one more little line there, that's it I came so that everyone would have life and have it in its fullest. Okay? And, and I think that, in conclusion, is, is what it's all about. It doesn't, God doesn't want us to be living our lives sort of restricted and worrying about this and unable to do that and feeling trapped and in this and feeling that. We're meant to be free. Okay? We're meant to be able to live our lives, not just live our lives well or live our lives um, to a certain standard, but live it in all its fullness. Okay? And having Christ in us allows us to do that. It allows us to live life fully. And then every time a challenge comes your way, because it will, when the challenge comes your way, it doesn't need to be something that actually takes over your life. It doesn't need to be something that takes hold of you. Okay? It's just getting the truth into your life and then being free from it. So on a practical note, those, these are the notes that I've done. I've put some of these. These are going on the website. So actually, if any of that sort of particularly spoke to you, that will be on the website, and there's some examples there. And if you want to chat to us after, then you're more than welcome to.